Welcome back, guys. Today we have Coach Luke back with me, and we're going to talk about some diet industry secrets today. And basically, what I mean by that, uh, obviously, wrote uh, my new book that has my opinion on it. But what I want to do is get Coach Luke's opinion on some of these topics, and we can kind of go back and forth a little bit. Not going to be too long of an episode today, but we wanted to just go ahead and kind of spitball this and just give give you guys both coaches' opinions on it. So. The first secret that I have from the diet industry in the book is that diets are like fad diets, things that you read about, they're just simply unsustainable, right? And the reason they're unsustainable is because a lot of the times what they do is they either restrict calories or they'll, or they'll cut um, whole food groups out. So you have like keto, which cuts out carbs. You'll have the carnivore diet, which is a meat-based diet and a bunch that we can talk about. But the idea is that you're going on a diet or restricting calories, which Luke and I talked about on a previous episode, what the actual definition of dieting is. But at the end of the day, you're going to cut out a group of food or you're going to cut your calories. So in your opinion, Luke, and then I, and I'll kind of talk about it from that standpoint of say somebody came like into us or just in general, they woke up one day and they're like, man, I want to lose 40 pounds. So I'm going to pick X, Y, or Z diet, and this is why I'm going to pick it. So why do you think that a lot of the times in, in your history or just what you've seen as a coach or just what you've seen on social media, whatever it may be, why do you think a lot of the times diets are so, un, they're, they're so unsuccessful for people? Like people fail at them so much. Uh, I feel like a lot of it is the unsustainability where a lot of people don't really pick a quote-unquote diet Mm -hmm. that allows for uh, kind of being integrated into their life. They kind of pick it and have a short-term idea in their mind. Like when a lot of people do a new diet, they're like, I'm going to try keto for a week or I'm going to try this new diet for a month or starting in the new year, I'm not going to eat like X, Y, or Z or yeah. I'm going to give up this food this month. And not a lot of it is integration into your lifestyle which is the only real way to make something sustainable mm -hmm. and to give proper results that will last for a long time. So I think a lot of people put an unreasonable timestamp on how long they're going to diet for mm -hmm. and pick such absurd and unreasonable diets as well that are so restrictive where you're setting yourself up to fail. Yeah. So what would you say to like, say a coach is listening to this or somebody's heard this advice from a coach or read about it that that line that people say all diets work because I feel like that's like a double entendre that people say it, but then they never elaborate on what that really means. Yeah. I mean, to a degree, all diets work like any diet is like you said, it's just a calorie deficit. They're just keto is just removing carbs which is going to put you in a calorie deficit. Paleo, all these other things are just restricting certain food groups that are typically high calories and are putting you in a caloric surplus. But any diet will work. You can eat any sort of way, which is why I don't like the I, the word diet because mm -hmm. diet is literally just what you eat. Like I'm on a quote unquote bodybuilder diet, mm -hmm. but it's not a specific diet. I'm just on a high protein, low carb diet. Yeah. So it's for me, that's good for my goals in the moment. And that could work if anyone else did it, they would see results. And that's how most diets are going to be it just comes down to the accountability and the sustainability factors is where most people typically don't see results. It's not the diet's fault. It's the compliance fault. Right. So I think just that secret alone, dude, would that alone would tank the billions of dollars a diet industry makes. Cause like when people are comparing keto or low carb or carnivore or Adkins or 
freaking South Beach and pick one, Shakeology, like whatever it may be. You know what I mean? You're comparing all these different things that are advertising and using sexy marketing. But at the end of the day, like you said, you know, the calorie deficit, like you could have hormonal issues and some resistance and stuff that are playing a factor. That's not this episode. But yes, that is a, that is a factoring thing to, to consider. But at the end of the day, that's it. Like most of the diets, the fad diets you're reading about, they're literally just creating a calorie deficit for people. And that's all it is, whether you're spending money on keto and keto products or you're spending money on Octavia, you're spending money on South Beach, you're spending money on Atkins. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. They're doing the exact same thing. But I think where most people fall into this to the next trap is like we just talked about all these foods. Right. So that's kind of like the next secret that I have in the book is like food control. Right. So if you go on a keto diet or you go on like Octavia, right, where you have to eat their food or you have to buy keto snacks, you know, like these things that food processors put out to make you diet like your compliance better. And that's kind of the next thing I wanted to get your opinion on. So people that go into these diets, like I said, we already covered secret number one. Most of them are unsustainable because like Luke said, you incorporate it into your life or you try to incorporate it into your lifestyle, but it just simply doesn't fit or it's too ultra restrictive. So you follow it for a short period of time and you come off of it, right? Because you're just like, this is way too hard. So I think that's a big component. But the second component is you have to realize that they make billions of dollars off of selling additional things that are supposed to make it easier for you to comply. But most of the food they're selling is fucking bullshit. I mean, does it, I mean, w would you agree with that or would you not like keto snacks or like South beach snack, like all that stuff that you're seeing protein bars, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. I don't really look too much into it just because i've been so exposed to supplement industry stuff i've yeah. been working out for <clears throat> uh eight years now so like i'm pretty educated in regards to everything and i understand that like you can't i understand a lot of the myths and everything because i've been exposed to it for so long so when i see stuff like keto like keto pancake powder and shit like that where it's like why are these things existing mm -hmm. where a lot of them are just fancy marketing so people cannot break their keto even though people typically don't even know what that means but a lot of it is just filled with a bunch of shit especially if it's like keto protein bars or other various keto or <clears throat> excuse me things like that where it's just a lot of filler and like highly processed foods and unnatural things that your body should really be eating. A lot of the things in these diets put out uh, other products for you to buy that aren't really the best for you, where they're not really whole foods because they want you to buy their product and keep pushing their product. The supplement industry is not regulated by the FDA at all. So people can pretty much make and put out and sell whatever they want and make a lot of money off of it, like a lot of money. So people can just rebrand and make different things with different names and just continuously take cash flow for essentially lying to people. Yeah. But dude, that's like, which, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, but the, I mean, I know, you know, that's why like keto was literally rebranded from the Atkins diet. Like, I mean, that's literally what it was. Like the Atkins was an extremely low carb diet and then keto came in and said, we're going to cut all carbs out completely. So they modified it slightly, but that diet existed years before the whole keto trend even hit the market. And then as soon as it hit the market, you started seeing keto muffins, like you said, like protein powder or not even protein powders, but pancake mix and stuff like that. And you're just like, okay, if you really think about it, why, if you're going to go on a diet of some kind to lose weight or do whatever, whatever your goal is, 
why are you having to spend excess money on these fucking products to yeah. even stick to it? You know what I mean? Doesn't even make sense. Like why why if it's not Whole Foods, like why are you having to buy extra shit to adhere to the diet? Yeah, and it's a lot of them are ridiculously expensive where I don't know off the top of my head, but I know you can get like Bisquick pancake mix for like three forty nine or something like that, or like under five bucks, but you get like the fancy brand like keto uh keto pancake mix is like an extra two plus dollars and shit like that and then i know there's other things like everyone knows um kodiak cakes where like even when you look at the ingredients of stuff like that i really love pancakes that's why i'm using the pancake analogy all the time and i really want to be able to eat pancakes but i can't right now <laughs> so that's they're stuck in my head but like kodiak cakes are like everyone's favorite uh and they probably have a subclass of keto as well where they take out the carbs but still, just looking at stuff like that where you can get the cheap alternative brand and look at the ingredients in it, and the higher, more expensive brands typically just have a lot of filler and stuff in it that's going to mess up your gut lining and not be the best for you because it's kind of just jam-packed with a bunch of shit, and they package it off to be good and healthy for you. Dude, uh, I'm glad you said that. Uh, on Ed Milet's podcast, they he had a gut health specialist on it. It's Dr. Amy, and I can't remember her freaking last name, sort of with an L or something. But anyway... She had a really good definition of processed foods, and it was so simple. She literally said a processed food is something that is impossible for you to make in your kitchen with any ingredient on the planet. So if you look at an ingredient label and you can... It, if you can't it, pronounce something in an ingredient label, it's very bad for you. That's true. But I mean, it, it was a genius definition because she's like Oreos. And all, she goes, "You, li yeah. it's impossible to make that in your kitchen. You can't do it with any ingredient on the planet. And I'm like, yeah, that's the most G definition I've ever heard of a processed food. Or if food. you look at most of them, it's like citric acid and a bunch of random powders that they then put xanthan gum, which just creates like a texture, I guess, mm -hmm. where it like solidifies stuff. Where it's like if you put like ice and xanthan gum in a blender and mix it up, you're just going to get like a solid glob of goo, mm -hmm. essentially, where that's not really digestible. That'd be like it's essentially makes gum and it'd be like eating that, which xanthan gum is in most processed foods to give it like shape and have it be hold or held like in the mold that they put it in. So it's random things like xanthan gum like uh, dextrose, a lot of things like that, which your body doesn't really process. Right. And I mean, not only that, but just sugar, dude. Sugar, they oh, mask yeah. sugar with, it's like 40-something names. Yeah, there's like sucrose, and then your sucrose, fructose, all the actual definitions, and then there's like corn syrup, all the other things. There's, and then you have the huge like diexylene giant names in different uh, ingredient labels. So the ingredient label, the shorter the ingredient label when shopping, the better, Fact. in my opinion. If no. you can get something Fact. like, take honey, for example, you can go and get honey where it'll simply say raw organic honey, and that's the only ingredient in it. Or you can get like honey with citric acid and then with sucrose and dextrose and all these other things. And it's usually like in a cool packaging, like shaped like a bear or something like that versus just the organic honey label that's maybe a dollar or two more. And it's in like a jar. Yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't require the sexy Stuff marketing. like that. It's just, exactly. It's in a jar. Where they're just simple. Or you'll have a lot of people who, uh, I've seen at like farmer's markets where people will rebrandage or like sell Kroger produce and stuff like that uh, to people. Just what? completely off topic. But yeah, there's a farmer's market where I was checked because I love honey. And when I'm allowed to eat honey, I was like, I can get like, because uh, honey helps a lot with seasonal allergies. Yeah. For people who don't know, if you get like locally sourced honey from bees in the area, 
it'll help your aller your seasonal allergies instead of you getting like mass produced if you find like an Amish uh, like farmers market or something but I went to a farmers market and it was just uh, I swear there's like Nate's honey which is what I get at uh, Sam's Club I get like a giant like 64 ounce container of it I swear there are people were just reselling that in a glass container uh, at a farmers market I did I mean, that makes sense. I mean, it really yeah. does. I've Supplements been... and foods, just everyone takes your money if they can. Right. So, okay, we covered diets mostly being unsustainable, which is ironic because they're all supposed to do the same thing ultimately in the short term, right? So if it's not sustainable or it's super restrictive, your compliance rate, like you said, is going to be probably really low. Coach, no coach, doesn't matter. If you don't fit it into your lifestyle, I think Luke had a great point. You're going to have a, a hell of a time complying with it. So then on whatever diet you pick, if you need to buy all this other shit to comply with it, you just need to start start from square one. You know what I mean? You don't need to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month if you're going to do a diet. It's not only that, if it has a bunch of shit in addition with it, you just, no, you don't need to do that, right? I mean, the more whole foods, the better. Like Luke said, the shorter the ingredient label, the better. So we've covered those two things. So, And I mean, kind of last thing I wanted to talk about, and we're going to try to keep this episode short for you guys is... So if diets are unsustainable, for the for the most part, depending on the compliance, right? Because it's not dirt. Like if you do a keto diet, they're not going to literally tell you, hey, if you go this go on this diet, you drop your weight, and then you start eating carbs again, X, Y, and Z happens. Like they're just not putting that in the marketing. So unless you just never want to eat a carb again until the day you die, um, yeah, it's going to cause a problem at some point. So they're not marketing correctly, and then they're producing and making. You know, it's a what is it? A four or five billion dollar, billion dollar industry or something? It's it's a billion dollar year industry it, in yeah. general. So a lot, a lot of money. So then the last thing, man, is when people fail the diet, right? They quit. They can't comply to it, or they bounce from diet to diet. You know, however you want to word that. What what would you give somebody like advice wise, who's listening to this right now, who's tried that shit? They've tried, you know, say three, four, five diets of all different kinds. They bought the things, whether it's shakes, products, food whatever they bought this stuff didn't work failed didn't lose any weight or lost weight gain it back however you want to you know fit your definition of that so what would your advice be for them because if they're listening to this like okay you know coach luke engage are telling me that all right a lot of diets do the same thing that's a positive but the negative is a lot of them are super restrictive and unsustainable so what would kind of be your advice like so they don't fall into that frustration wheel of spending a shitload of money or failing and eventually the pain of where they're at gets too much. So they want to make a change and then they start again and they just end up going in a wheel because then they fail and they start over and they just keep going and around and around and around. So what would be your advice to kind of break that frustration, frustration wheel? Excuse me. Yeah. I mean, we have an episode on, I think it's one of our first on how to find your macros and your calories and everything. Mm -hmm. I think I'm a data guy. I like statistics and I like data. So if you can track as much as possible, like your input, your output, stuff like that, and have all the exponential variables covered, that would be my first recommendation to people where I get some people don't like tracking. If you don't like tracking, that's totally fine. Uh, but for a lot of people, not knowing uh, what you're consuming and just mindlessly eating is worse, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But for the average person, I think that pulling pieces from each of the diets is rather beneficial. Fact. Like keto has some good components to it in regards to like foods to eat where like you should have a high protein. You shouldn't be afraid of fat. They demonize carbs, which isn't the best. They brandish it off or they rebrand it with ketosis and all these things and your ketones um, like different 
um, types of diets have rather good components. Mm -hmm. So if you could, like, if you're someone who has dieted in the past and tried different things, because no one's going to nail it on their first attempt, like, you're not going to try your first diet or your first ever macro distribution and be like, yeah, this works, this is it, cool, I'm set for life. So if you're able to pull little things like, okay, high protein from keto and from this other like Mediterranean style diet, you're mm -hmm. able to pull like whole grains and wheats and stuff like that. The overall typically uh, like base, I'm trying to think of the word for it, but the, the, the similarity, that's what it is. The similarity between all the diets is usually some sort of uh, high protein and whole food would be the best recommendation for everything. Macro distribution comes down to various components inside of the uh, average person, like oxidation rate and stuff like that. How much you exercise, your exercise intensity, various things like that can break down your macro distribution. But if you're someone who struggled with different things, I would recommend just finding out what's worked with you in the certain things, what's been impossible to follow, and then trying to create your own sort of diet from those different components. Like if you're someone who doesn't like eating fish and you hate doing paleo, don't eat fish. If you're someone who you can fast until 2 p.m. with intermittent fasting and you don't find yourself starving in your eating window, mm -hmm. then maybe that lifestyle works for you. You don't have to follow a diet step by step by step by step just because you saw it online you can pull little things from here and there and sort of create your own diet where that gives you the most leeway and because you know yourself best is going to work the best with you yeah dude i actually talk i literally write about that in the book where i'm like dude each diet has its own little nugget of gold yeah and you literally have to pull from each and that and that's an important thing that i think you had an excellent point guys that you guys really need to take away from that Pulling and creating your own diet, I know that may sound scary and like a lot of work, but really, if you just look at the basis of each, they're, like Luke said, they're pretty much, almost all of them are going to be high, moderate to high protein, almost, almost all of them. Really, the only, quote, thing that changes is fat distribution in the diet and carbohydrate distribution. And like, like Luke said, they've demonized fat so hard since the Atkins diet, like, and not only that, but since the Dietary Guidelines for Americans came out, like, dietary fat was demonized. But guys, dietary, you need dietary fat. Yeah. Like you need dietary fat. So don't be afraid of that. That's also why it's prominent in keto. Um, fat doesn't make you fat. Fact. That, that's a fact. So just pulling nuggets from each, I, I think, is great advice. And being able you know, to compile something that will work for your lifestyle, that's the first thing you said. Definitely 10 out of 10 would agree with that. If you Guys, if you know it won't work, it, I promise you your compliance will suck. So do something that's reasonable for you to stick to. And like Luke said, even with fasting, if you can pull it off and you feel okay, like don't drive yourself into the ground. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, this worked for my neighbor or my friend, so I'm going to try it. Luke had a really good point. A lot of our bodies handle things differently. That doesn't mean our hormones at the at the biochemical level are different because hormones are hormones. But the, different, it, the difference between it is everybody's body will react a different way. So like I do okay with fasting, but we have clients that cannot do that because they're like, I need to eat or I feel like, I want, you know what I mean? They have hypoglycemic episodes. So like Luke said, just find something that works for you. Pull little nuggets out of each, build your own program. And then I know we're pretty much right on the money for time. So the, the only last question I had for you, Luke, so would we give people that advice? And I know that you really like to talk about this. So they get the diet nailed down. What do you think, which I don't think I've ever asked you on the show, what do you think would be a really good way to start 
an exercise program because I feel like a lot of people, which we know, will join a gym, right? Will join a gym and they'll go in, and it it could be from Google or it, you know Instagram, Facebook, whatever, TikTok, and they'll go in and they'll try some concoction of something. So if somebody wanted to really, okay, they pulled the nuggets from the diet, they have a base. What would be the next level of maybe? if they wanted to go to a gym or work out at home or an apartment or whatever, like what would be a good way for them to start doing that? Yeah, I would say, um, you don't have to go to the gym. I feel like everyone is super like hell bent on going to the gym or some sort of like resistance training is amazing. Do not get me wrong. Like resistance training has so many benefits for both aesthetics purposes and for just everyday physiological purposes. It's a stress reducer. So many things I can go on and on. But if you're just trying to better yourself and perform exercise, you can literally do anything. Like there's some sport that someone has played in their life that they love doing. You can find a team for that sport for adults or however old you are and participate in that sport again. You can perform that sport with your child, whatever your situation is, you can become active. It's not that hard. Mm But if you're looking to get into the gym and specifically get into resistance training, which is where, in my opinion, you're going to see the most results and get the most benefits, there's so much information out there. There's a lot of people who will try to, both in fitness or in exercise and uh, supplement slash nutritional realm, will try to be very one-sided and try to demonize various um, like methodologies. Mm-hmm. You can perform anything in the gym and it'll typically give you results. Obviously, there are exercises that you can do that will injure you or are pointless or can be substituted with something that is much more beneficial. But when you're starting, start slow. I recommend like full body training to people, either doing like an upper split, like upper body, lower body, and then a full body three days a week. Don't try to go six, seven times a week. There's no benefit to it unless you're on some sort of anabolic compound that is allowing your muscles to regrow at a rapid rate. You're going to be hurting yourself, both in regards like physically injuring yourself and you're not going to be giving your body time to recover, which is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And also, you don't have to do a whole lot. Like You don't have to come to the gym and be there for two hours when you first start going to the gym. If you just show up to the gym and you're there for 40 minutes and you do like five exercises, that's more than enough. There's so many workouts out there. I learned pretty much everything that I initially learned when starting to work out from YouTube. I went to high school and I had like my football training and all that. Mm -hmm. But when I wanted to actually start taking like fitness serious and getting like bigger and putting on size, I just started watching YouTube videos where you can just look up like chest workouts all these different things like you're gonna have to sift through some bullshit, but there's a lot of programs out there and you can just like a diet, how you try different things. You can try a barbell bench press and not like it. You can then try another thing from this dude's workout that you found online and like that and be like, okay, I'm just gonna do this exercise. Well, you don't have to follow someone's exercise word for word, rep for rep, rest time for rest time. You can pull different things and make your own exercises from it as well. No, I mean, I, I agree, man. I think that's good advice. But I feel like to a degree, there's so much information that it's almost information overload. You know what I mean? I Same with diets where people are like, holy shit, there's a lot of stuff. But I think that's good advice, man. Just taking and starting and pulling little nuggets from the diet, little nuggets from what you want to do in the gym. But he's 100% right, guys. If you don't, maybe you have the gym fear a little bit. You're, you're not sure. 
but he's 100% right. Just getting active, and by active, dude, it could be, like he said, a sport. It could be exercising with your, you know, doing something with your kids, being active. It could be going to the park. It could be doing anything that you're not doing now. Changing the stimulus of just daily activity will help you get started. And that's the same thing with dieting, right? Changing the stimulus that you're applying to the body now will produce change over a certain amount of time, short, long, just however long you do it. But that's it for today. Um, oh, sorry, sorry, you're fine, man. Go ahead. I got one more thing I want to say where yeah. I think a lot of people like to try to work on their bodies or do all these things in the shadows. Like people like to like subconsciously try to change their diet, not subconsciously, but like secretively try to change their diet and like hide everything from their family Fact. or like hide that they're going to the gym and stuff like this until they're like ready. One, it's a long journey. No one gets skinny or loses weight or puts on all the muscle that they have in a rather in a short period of time. That's not going to be beneficial to try to hide it from everyone. And you're just going to be hiding a part of your life that you're trying to fix and make better about yourself. No one who's at a state where you want to be got there on accident. So if you want to have this physical lifestyle that you're dreaming about or that you thought about when we were talking about this episode or you wanted to look a certain way that popped up in your head when we talked about weight loss, mm -hmm. you have to make it a priority and actually put emphasis on it instead of consistently putting it in the back seat and just hoping that one day it's going to happen. You have to alter your lifestyle and have it happen by making it happen instead of just crossing your fingers and being like, I hope I wake up with a six pack tomorrow. <laughs> and then you wake up tomorrow and you're in the same spot that you were because you didn't do anything or because you did one set of sit-ups. You have to consistently put in stuff day in, day out. And it's not always going to be fun or be easy, but change is never fun or easy, but it is very beneficial for you and will make you a better person. No. Well, I'm glad you said that, man. I'm glad you, I'm glad you cut in on that. Cause that, yeah. that's some valuable shit. And I mean, he, he's hundred percent right guys. And I mean, we'll wrap it up, but I definitely want, if you're listening to this, you know, I want you to take away from it that don't fall for the information overload. Like Luke said, don't, if you decide to take action on something to change your life, don't do it in the shadows. And that doesn't mean you have to be like, you know, Hey, look at me. But it definitely means that you may inspire someone, you, maybe a family member, maybe a loved one, you know, you may get support or a friend, you know, whatever your kids, whoever you may get support from someone and you putting it out there. It is a long journey and I know it's going to take effort, but it is possible to be able to sort through the bullshit out there and be able to find something that works for your lifestyle to where you're not just jumping down the rabbit hole and falling for these diet industry secrets and spending hundreds or thousands of dollars, right? That's just what we don't want you to do. And that's why we do this podcast. And that's why we're talking about this stuff. But I mean, we'll wrap it up for today. The only thing that I have for you guys is make sure um, if you can, you're going to go up and leave a review for us. Uh, if you do that, it takes like less than 10 minutes. But if you five minutes, shit, if you want to head and go Probably less than like two minutes, that's <laughs> true. But if you want to go leave a review, uh, we would really appreciate it. That actually helps uh, our podcast get more views and actually to the top of people's list, at least for if they're interested in listening. So go ahead and do that for me. And then in the actual uh, bio itself, what I'll do is I'll put in a link to the book if you guys want to check it out. Um, and then other than that, Luke, do you have anything? Uh, nope, not at all. Not all right, there. cool. All right, so go leave a review, guys. And then if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to Luke or I. Uh, if not, we'll see you next time.